Welcome back, Heming Brainiacs, to the podcast, back home again. As you can probably immediately tell by the sound quality being much better again. Nice to be home. Tell you that much, I am tired. But I'm also... Excited. Excuse me. To keep moving through this bloody book of bloody poems. Looks like a year of war and peace is kicked off again. I saw that there was a lot of people excited to do it, but no one to host the dailies. And so, just to sort of gauge interest and see if indeed people are wanting to do it, I posted chapter one, book one, chapter one, you know, the first discussion prompt. And, um, yeah, got quite a lot of, a lot of traction. I think it had... Uh, how many? Let me have a quick look. I've got it open. It had 35 comments, which is not bad. It's quite a few. Um, so yeah, that's kicked off. I'm not going to do the dailies every day. I'm just getting it up and rolling and then hopefully someone will take over for me. But, uh, yeah. Matthew Arnold is who we're talking about. I liked The Forsaken Mermaid the best. I think I probably did too. Had some nice imagery. The main theme of the poem is loss, says Swim. The merman suffers a painful betrayal when his human wife abandons him and their children. She decides to go to land and attend an Easter church service, but never comes back. She decides she's happier there and shows no regard for her family. They all experience a great deal of sorrow and feelings of abandonment because of her decisions. The speaker... The Forsaken Mermaid has trouble coming to terms with the loss, but he eventually accepts it, at least to some extent. There you go, Arnold. Oh yeah, you know what I've got to do? You know what I've got to do? I'm not, I'm, this is the thing I'm doing now. Um, who was that? Matthew Arnold. I'm adding the names to my little document called Poets Good. Okay, first of all, I'm going to add Walt Whitman, even though that kind of goes without saying. He's a he's a he's a goat, as they say. And oh man, what's his name? How, it's just gone one in one ear and out the other. What do they say? Oh Jesus, Matthew Arnold, a name I'll never forget again. Probably, probably will. All right, uh, poets. Okay, so that was Matthew Arnold. Who's next? William Brighty Rands. Old Brighty Rands. Going to get through three Williams today. That's what we're going to do. Starting with Brighty Rands. 1823 to 1880. The Flowers. When love arose in heart and deed to wake the world to greater joy, what can she give me now, said Greed who thought to win some costly toy. He rose, he ran, he stooped, he clutched, and soon the flowers that let f- love let fall in Greed's hot grasp were frayed and smutched. And Greed said, Flowers, can this be all? He flung them down and went his way. He cared no jot for, ri- for time and rose. But boys and girls came out to play, and some took these and some took those, red, blue, and white, and green and gold. And at their touch the dew returned, and all the bloom a thousandfold so red, so ripe the rose, roses burned. All right, the flowers. That was, I gotta say, 
That was a bad poem. Was that a bad poem? I didn't like that, really. The next one's called The Thought. Into the skies one summer's day I sent a little thought away up to where in the blue round the sun sat shining without sound. Then my thought came back to me, little thought, what did you see? In the regions whence you come, and when I spoke my thought was dumb. But she breathed of what was there in the pure bright upper air, and because my thought so shone, I knew she had been shown upon. Next, by night, a thought I sent up into the firmament, when the eager stars were out, and still moon shone about, and my thought went past the moon, and in between the stars but soon held her breath and durst not stir, for the fear that covered her. Then she thought in this demur, Dare I look beneath the shade into where the worlds are made, where the suns and stars are wrought? Shall I meet another thought? Will that other thought have wings? Shall I meet strange heavenly things, thought of thoughts and light of lights, breath of breaths and night of nights? Then my thought began to hark in the illuminated dark, till the silence over under made her heart beat more than thunder. And my thought came trembling back, but with something on her track, and with something at her side, nor till she has lived and died, lived and died and lived again, will that awful thing seem plain. Alright, William Brighty Rands, not the best poet in the world. Moving on, William number two. He's named William Philpot, 1823 to 1889, Marte Sue. I think is how that's pronounced. Of all the flowers rising now, thou only sawest the head of that unopened drop of snow I placed beside thy bed. In all the blooms that blow so fast, thou hast no further part, save those the hour I saw thee last I laid above my thy heart. Two snowdrops for our boy and girl, a primrose blown for me, wreathed with one often played with curl, from each bright head for thee. And so I graced thee for thy grave, and made these tokens fast. With that old silver heart I gave my first gift and my last. Number two. I dreamed her babe upon her breast. Here she might lie and calmly rest her happy eyes on that far hill that backs the landscape fresh and still. I hoped her thoughts would thrid the bows, where careless birds on love carose, and gaze those apple blossoms through, to revel in the boundless blue, but now her faculty of sight is older sister to the light, and travels free and unconfined through dense and rare through, <coughs> excuse me, form and mind. Or else her life to be complete hath found new channels full and meet. Then oh, what eyes are leaning over it, if fairer than they were before. William number three is called William Johnson Corey. And for some reason, Johnson is in brackets. William Johnson Corey, 1823 to 1892. Mimnermus in church. You promise heavens free from strife, pure truth, and perfect change of will. But sweet, sweet is this human life, so sweet I fain would breathe it still. Your chilly stars I can forego, this warm, kind world is all I know. You say there is no substance here, one great reality above. Back from that void I shrink in fear and childlike hide myself in love. Show me what angels feel, till then I cling, a mere weak man to men. You bid me lift my mean desires from faltering lips and fitful veins to sexless souls, ideal choirs, unwearied voices, wordless strains my mind with fonder welcome owns. 
one dear dead friend's remembered tones. Forsooth, the present we must give to that which cannot pass away, all beauteous things for which we live by laws of time and space decay. But oh, the very reason why I class them is because they die. And last one is called Heraclitus. <laughs> Heraclitus. They told me, Heraclitus, that they told me you were dead. They brought me bitter news to hear, and bitter tears were shed. I wept as I remembered how often you and I had tried the sun with talking and sent him down the sky. And now that art, thou art lying, my dear old carrion guest, a handful of grey ashes long, long ago at rest, still are thy pleasant voices, thy nightingales awake, for death has he taketh all away, but them he cannot take. All right, three Williams for you. Hope you've enjoyed those Williams as much as I enjoyed Williaming them to you. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.